Matt Schaff and Jared Smola of DraftSharks.com here to preview week 14 of the fantasy football season. We've got some impactful injuries to look at here, Jared. We've got some surprise week 13 performances that we got to assess, figure out if they're guys to use going forward or just blips. And then there are some QB situations to kind of sort out, you know, whether they're QBs that we use or whether they're QBs that affect the players around them. All of it needs to be looked at. We're going to start with the Texans passing game, which, of course, we know about that quarterback already, but he lost one of his key weapons this past week when Tank Dell suffered a season-ending leg fracture. I mean, third-round rookie has been a revelation that I think, even before we get to this week, like Tank Dell, for me, is going to make me differently at wide receivers coming into the draft. I'm not just going to dismiss a small guy who was yeah. productive in college and has other markers working in his favor. What about you? I think CJ Stroud's a big marker in his favor, which, you know, I don't think anyone predicted Stroud to be this good, this fast, which has definitely helped tank Dell. But yeah, I mean, we were, we were talking about Dell's dynasty value earlier this week. And like, you can make an argument for him atop this rookie wide receiver class at this point. I think there's like four or five guys kind of in that mix, but you know what, what Dell did, in his eight full games, 8.4 targets per game, 5.1 catches, 77 yards, 0.9 touchdowns per game. So obviously big loss for fantasy owners, big loss for NFL fans. You know, the Texans had become like appointment viewing for me, at least always on, you know, the biggest TV on Sunday. I wanted to watch Stroud and company. So a big loss for CJ Stroud too. Cause I mean, you have Nico Collins who really should smash the rest of the way. Like, you know, the, the Texans schedule is pretty challenging. At least, you know, two of their next four matchups are challenging against the jets and Browns. It's the Titans and the, you know, two games in between those, but Collins should dominate targets here. I think we're expecting Noah Brown to be the number two guy here just because he's, you know, been their next best receiver. And he had those two big games uh, when Nico Collins was out earlier this year. But I mean, be behind those two guys, you know, you have John Meshi and Robert Wood. So it's a big loss for CJ Stroud. Um, and again, you factor in the matchup both this week and then the Browns matchup. I don't think Stroud is a must bench this week. He's also not a must start though. I think there are, you know, guys you might have rostered guys might even be available on the waiver wire that um you, know, you could consider starting over Stroud in this matchup against the Jets on Sunday. Yeah, I think he's even a toss up versus the quarterback that we're going to talk about next. But first with yep. these Texans, I think the overarching takeaways, like you said, Nico Collins should be a clear every week bet for strong target share. He's got that bad matchup against the Jets this week. I would not be surprised if he disappoints production-wise, but I'd have a tough time benching him for this matchup unless I'm really strong at wide receiver because he should see plenty of targets in this game. Basically a weekly starter the rest of the way. But what else? I mean, you mentioned Noah Brown. I think he is the next guy up just because he has showed us some upside this year and others have not. There are Robert Woods there and John Mechie around. We will see if either one of those guys does anything. My bet for now is that neither one's going to be fantasy relevant for these final four weeks of most seasons. So I don't really care between them. If you want to pick one of them up off the waiver wire, I think more interesting is the tight end situation. Dalton Schultz missed last week, was limited the week before. He returned to a limited practice Wednesday with that hamstring injury. So we're going to have to track his status this week, see what we can find out about his expected role heading into the game, and maybe just watch him in this game rather than play him in most fantasy lineups yeah. unless you need to, and see if that 
you know, down usage the week before he missed a game was just because of the hamstring injury or if there was something else at play, if they do want to get Brevin Jordan more involved late in this season. Yeah, and it's actually a good matchup for Texans tight end. You know, the Jets are much, much stronger against wide receivers than, than tight end. So, like, if Schultz was out this week, I, I think Brevin Jordan would be in play as a lower end tight end one option. If Schultz is back, I think I'm kind of with you between – the usage dip last time out and the fact that he's coming back from a hamstring injury, I would try not to use Dalton Schultz, but like, you know, going forward week 15 and beyond again, with tank Dell out, um, if Schultz gets healthy and is back in a, you know, something close to a full-time role, there's definitely opportunity for him to be a fantasy starter. Again, I mean, the Browns matchup is brutal or right? they've been the best team against tight ends this season. So even there, you probably wouldn't want to use him. But again, those two Titans games, I think, you know, Dalton Schultz and Noah Brown will be guys that are, you know, in the mix, you know, as lower end fantasy options for those two games, at least. And the Houston backfield's just going to be annoying the rest of the way. So you should prepare for that. They have the Jets this week. Then they're at the Titans, home for the Browns, home for the Titans. That Tennessee matchup has not been good for running back usage. The Jets and Browns are just good defenses overall, although not as strong against the run as against the pass. I think overall, with it being not a great rushing slate and with the Tank Dell injury, should be a positive for Devin Singletary. We'll have to kind of watch how their usage goes and just how game script goes. But Devin Singletary's going to be involved even if the team is running and has more of the receiving upside than Damian Pierce if right. things poorly or if the run game is just not working. Yeah, I mean, the Texans' backs just haven't been very involved in the passing game in general. I think, you know, Singletary had the, the one game two weeks ago where he had, you know, six or seven targets. Other than that, you know, Pierce and Singletary have both been, you know, used pretty sparingly in the passing game. We'll see if that changes with Tank Dell's absence. I'm kind of betting against it. I, th I think it'll be more, you know, just to the other wide receivers and potentially to the tight end. So I don't think Singletary or, or Pierce are going to be very helpful the rest of the way. It would not be shocking if CJ Stroud is outscored this week by Josh Dobbs. Jared, I'm not sure yeah. that I could make that decision in my own lineup. I don't think I'm facing it anywhere, so I don't have to specifically make it for myself. But yeah. Josh Dobbs is going to start for the Vikings again. And really, they didn't have another option. I can understand wanting to check your options and consider making a change but is jaron hall an improvement we have no idea is nick mullins an improvement probably not we've seen him play a number of nfl games to this point they've obviously seen him in practice josh dobbs is a limited nfl quarterback which is why he has been on two teams this year and been traded twice since august but he has fantasy upside six top 12 fantasy finishes this year. Only nine quarterbacks have more of those than Josh Dobbs does. Now he gets Justin Jefferson back for the first time since Dobbs arrived in Minnesota. So what do you make of Josh Dobbs for week 14 and maybe beyond? Yeah, I think just the widest range of outcomes among quarterbacks this week, right? Like I think he could score 25 fantasy points. He could struggle in the first half and get pulled and, you know, totally kill you with, you know, single digit fantasy points. You, you know, like you said, you get Jefferson back, you get the rushing with Josh Jobs, which has really been there, you know, cross as starts with both Arizona and Minnesota, you get a game indoors in Vegas. Um, the Vikings have a 21.75 point implied total, which not awesome, but it's 11th highest this week. And you know, what's going to, what's expected to be another low scoring week, kind of a middling matchup against Vegas. They are 10th in adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks, just 18th in pass defense DVOA. So again, I think it's kind of a neutral matchup. And j just going back to Stroud real quick. I mean, he gets the Jets who have just faced an incredibly tough slate of quarterbacks. They've faced a lot of elite quarterbacks. They have won most of those matchups. Here are how 
these, you know, high end quarterbacks have finished against the Jets this season. Josh Allen, quarterback 19. Dak Prescott, quarterback 17. Patrick Mahomes, quarterback 17. Jalen Hurts, quarterback two. He scored a rushing touchdown in that game to sort of, you know, boost his production. Justin Herbert, quarterback 25. Josh Allen, quarterback five in the rematch. That was mostly passing. You know, Allen was, uh, had the most success against the Jets pass defense of anyone this season. And then Tua Tagovailoa, a couple weeks ago, quarterback 22. So again, the Jets have faced a bunch of these high-end quarterbacks and really kept most of them outside the top 12. So I, I think if Josh Dobbs does not get benched in this game, I feel pretty good about his chances of outscoring C.J. Stroud this week. And if I had that decision, I, I think you know at this point of the week, maybe it changes in the next 48 hours, but I think at this point of the week, I would start Josh Dobbs over C.J. Stroud this week. I would probably lean that way as well. Josh Dobbs and like Desmond Ritter are probably the two guys this week that have a shot of getting yanked from the game if they turn the ball over twice in the first half. And you have to factor that into your decision. So if you ask me this week, should I start Josh Dobbs or CJ Stroud, Josh Dobbs or Jared Goff, Gardner Minshew, Baker Mayfield? My honest answer is going to be it's up to you because all those guys are in the same territory if Dobbs doesn't turn the ball over early, if he does make it through this whole game against the Raiders, he has at least as much upside as everybody else in that range and probably more. So I would probably lean toward Dobbs in my own lineup. I did pick him up over Baker Mayfield in one spot where I need a quarterback this week. There's plenty of upside, but you got to know the risk. That's what makes it a personal decision more than, you know, just a fantasy evaluation. We can all look at him and see the upside, but we can't say that if he throws a first quarter interception, will he get pulled immediately? It might happen. And then you're going to be kicking yourself. Um, so <laughs> good luck. Now, if Josh Dobbs does come back to this game, plays better than he did against the Bears before the bye, they've got a nice finish. They're at the Raiders this week at the Bengals versus the Lions versus the Packers. So if he settles things down, he could be a good fantasy quarterback the rest of the way. I would hope that Minnesota gives him a little bit of a leash because I mean, Josh Dobbs is what he is. They should have known in trading for him that they weren't getting a stud who was a safe starter every week. They're getting kind of the best of what's available in a thin market. Yeah, and the bye week should help him too, right? I mean, remember he came in and, you know, was forced to play three days after joining the team or whatever, and then, you know, made a few starts beyond that. So having having had this bye week to, you know, maybe actually learn the offense a little bit, um, you know, should, should help Dobbs the rest of the way. Patrick Mahomes was a guy that you mentioned in there as struggling against the Jets. He hasn't been awesome overall lately. We have him lower than usual in our rankings. He is QB eight this week. But I, I wonder, Jared, if even that is overrating Patrick Mahomes some versus how he has performed lately. He's been an outside the top 12 quarterback for like the past month or so in fantasy. Yeah. And I know that there's always... You know, some worry about benching Patrick Mahomes, especially when you get late in the season. If you lose and Patrick Mahomes goes for 30 points on your bench, then you're going to hate yourself forever for that. <laughs> I'm just not sure that he has that in him right now. What about you? Yeah, well, he, he's quarterback eight in points per game on the season. He only has two top five finishes the entire season. He has no finish better than quarterback nine among his last five. So he has been producing as like a fringy quarterback one. Now on paper, he should probably be ranked a bit lower than we have him, but it's still Patrick Mahomes. He's still, you know, to me, the most talented quarterback I've ever seen, which which you know d does factor into this stuff. And you get this game against Buffalo where, yeah, on 
paper, both defenses are pretty solid. The offenses, especially the Chiefs, obviously has been have been underwhelming. But like when these two teams get together, there's a chance this game turns into a shootout. To me, like if I have Mahomes, I would not be banking on him carrying me to a fantasy title. But I'm also like I'm I'm not going to bench him again. He ha- most of these weeks he hasn't been killing you. He's been running quite a bit. He's he's up over like 20, 25 rushing yards per game, and it's been pretty consistent. You know, week in week out, 20 to 30 rushing yards per game, which helps. And then again, I think you know he he just he he has the upside because he's Patrick Mahomes. So I just I, I think you stick with him. Um, even though he's not going to you know, return the you know, price you paid for him in drafts. If you have Mahomes and say Brock Purdy or CJ Stroud, maybe even Jordan Love on your roster, I can see spots over these final four games where it would be fine to start the other guy over Mahomes, yep. even if that feels gross. You know, if you have somebody who's been performing very well versus even Mahomes, who has been just meh, then it's OK to make that decision. I, like you said, I, I I wouldn't be reaching too far to play somebody over Mahomes this week. I can't see yeah. playing Russell Wilson even over Mahomes. He's two spots behind him in the rankings. I couldn't live with myself if I lost a matchup because I played Russell Wilson over Mahomes. And I think it's really going to be that kind of decision the rest of the way. We can look at the numbers and say, it's not the same Mahomes, but can he be that in any given week? I, maybe. It's quite possible he and Travis Kelsey just you know, go nuts in a given game. And he doesn't need that much from his wideouts, which is the biggest limitation on this version of Mahomes. So get ready to make some personal decisions, get ready to find Mahomes a little bit lower in the rankings than you're used to. And, you know, there might be times where he scores below that lower ranking as well. The schedule is fine. Like by our adjusted points allowed numbers, it's not awesome, but Buffalo, New England, Las Vegas, Cincinnati, you know, no, none of those defenses worry me, even if they're not, you know, again, by the numbers, great matchups. To me, Purdy, I would have to look at Purdy's schedule, but like I would start Purdy over Mahomes this week and probably most weeks going forward. That's kind of like the line for me, like, you know, guys like Russell Wilson, even Josh Dobbs, I'd, I'd be sticking with Mahomes in most cases over those types. Yeah, I'd have a real hard time starting Josh Dobbs over Patrick Mahomes, regardless of their matchups. I probably could not bring myself to do that. The Bears this week have a running back question, somebody that we looked at in setting our running back rankings for the week and something to watch going forward because it's an interesting backfield. I'm not sure that it's going to wind up being interesting for fantasy, though. What do you expect from this Bears backfield in week 14 and beyond? Or, you know, what are you even hoping for if we don't know what to expect? Well, we don't know what to expect because week one is the only time this season that we have had. Roshan Johnson, Cleo Herbert, and Donta Foreman healthy on the field together for the entire game. You had, you know, Donta Foreman was a healthy scratch for, uh, you know, the, the weeks two through five, I believe. You had Cleo Herbert suffering an anchor injury. Roshan jo- Johnson missed time with a concussion. Even, you know, week 11, we had these guys all active to start the game, but then Donta Foreman left with an ankle injury. So, that, you know, we can't even really look at that. Now, last time out, before the bye week, we saw Roshan Johnson dominate backfield work 75% of the Bears offensive snaps. That was the second highest mark by a Bears running back all season. He finished with 10 carries and five targets in, in that game. Of course, again, Dante Foreman did not play in that game. So this is a situation I, I ideally you want to wait and see, right? If Roshan Johnson continues in that role, then he's someone we can, you know, trust, um, you know, at least as an RB3 flex type the rest of the way. But again, uh, tough to know what to expect just because we haven't seen these guys all healthy. And then it's also a pretty negative matchup against the Lions who have, you know, really struggled lately against the pass but their run defense has remained pretty solid. Yeah, my default position is I'm not interested in any of them because it has not been a good situation for running back points. And now we do have probably all three of them healthy, all three of them playing a role. 
Dante Foreman started the season not playing for them at all, but then just like with his past couple teams, once he got onto the field, the team's like, oh, this guy's actually helpful to us. And the last time out before he injured that ankle, he was running right with the starters at the beginning of the game before hurting the ankle. So I expect him to be plenty involved. I expect it to be more of a share than any fantasy manager wants it to be. I hope that we get Roshan Johnson controlling this backfield the rest of the way. But unless we have the coaches saying, yeah, we're going to give the rookie a look as our top back um, because we want to see what he can do. We believe in him, whatever. If they give us any indication that they're going to lean in his direction, I'm on board. I think stashing Roshan Johnson on your roster is a good idea right now because he makes the most sense as somebody that would get more work down the stretch. He's the guy with the most long-term upside, the guy that I would think that they would want to emerge at the end of this year and beyond, but we don't have any reason to expect one running back to get a controlling share immediately coming out of the bye. We'll say this matchup that has been more negative for rushing than for passing against the lions got better this week when Detroit put defensive tackle, Alan McNeil on IR. He is the team's highest graded run defender among the front seven. So maybe we get a bit more bears rushing and rushing success in this game than we might otherwise expect. Yeah, definitely possible. I think I saw it supposed to be crappy weather in Chicago too on Sunday, which, you know, not, not a surprise. The bears running backs have seen more targets, I think, than you might expect this season. You know, if you, if you combine Johnson, Foreman and, and Herbert, they're up over 60 total targets. And I think that's what makes Johnson most exciting is I do think he's, you know, pretty easily the best pass catcher among these three. So like, he's the one that has the chance to lead the backfield in both carries and targets. Hopefully we get, um, you know, like an Ian Rappaport, Roshan Johnson's going to get the you know, bulk of the carries today on, on Sunday morning. Then we can you know, feel a bit better about using him in, in lineups. But I, if, again, if we don't get anything like that, I think ideally it's a situation you want to uh, you know wait and see on. And of course, for those RB targets, we also got four and a half games of Tyson Bajan in place of Justin Fields, which is bound to be a plus for running backs getting stuff in the passing game. Speaking of the passing game, the Jaguars took a big hit late in that Monday night loss to the Bengals when Trevor Lawrence suffered the ankle sprain. Maybe it's a high ankle, maybe it's a low ankle, whatever. He's looking unlikely to play this week against Cleveland. So Jared, what do we do with that? What do we do with the loss of Christian Kirk? Are we picking people up? Are we interested in Jaguars pass catchers this week and beyond? This week, no, for the most part. I think, you know, Kevin, you kind of might be stuck with him. You know, if, if he's, you know, one of your top three guys, I could see that. But I mean, it's it's, it's CJ Bathur who who looked, he looked okay in relief of, of um, Trevor Lawrence on Monday night. I think he can at least be serviceable. It's not going to be you know, like a, a, a Tim Boyle situation out there with Bathard, it'll probably be closer to, you know, Zach Wilson level. It's the matchup against Cleveland that kind of makes me shy away from all these guys. Cleveland's defense has taken a bit of a step back, I think, lately. You, know, you have Miles Garrett, who's playing at less than 100%. They were without Denzel Ward last week, but it looks like he's going to be back this week. So the secondary will be at full strength. So it's just, it's a tough passing game matchup. And we've seen offenses all season lean heavily toward the run against Cleveland. Cleveland is 30th in pass rate over expected again. So that plus the fact that it's probably going to be a backup quarterback for the Jags and the fact that the Browns offense probably won't score a whole lot. I just don't think you're going to get a ton of passing volume from Jacksonville this weekend. And whatever volume you do get is, you know, very likely going to be less efficient with CJ Bathard under there. I mean, going forward, if you get Lawrence back, I think, you know, Ridley, gets a boost with no Christian Kirk. I think Zay Jones could be a factor if Trevor Lawrence is healthy, but this week I would try to avoid this passing game. Yeah. Evan Ingram's the one I would feel most quote unquote comfortable with this week because of his shorter a dot. He should make more sense for whatever quarterbacks in there. 
comfortable is definitely in air quotes. I'm not comfy with any of them at tight end. I'm unlikely to have multiple options, but I would try not to play Calvin Ridley. He's at the bottom of wide receiver three territory in our rankings. Zay Jones is well outside that. And Parker Washington is the guy that most people probably had never even heard of before Monday night who came on for six catches. I mean, is he maybe Christian Kirk the rest of the way? Is he somebody worth a redraft pickup? It has to be a super deep league, I think. If Lawrence was healthy, I'd be more interested in Parker Washington, right? But again, like I think this week you're not using him. You'd probably want to wait like and see week 15 what, what he does with Trevor Lawrence, like maybe week 16, 17. Again, it'd, it'd have to be a super deep league. Dynasty, he's worth grabbing, right? Because he, he flashed a little bit. Um, Calvin Ridley's a free agent after this season, so there's opportunity for Washington to carve out a role. But um, I, you'd have to be super desperate in, in redraft to use him, I think. Yeah, and we mentioned the matchup this week. After this comes Baltimore, and then in week 17 is a Carolina matchup that's been bad for passing games all season. Yeah. So that definitely makes it harder to be optimistic for really any of these pieces. Let's hope that you don't need a Jaguars passing game piece the rest of the way. Yeah, for sure. Next week's brutal. Tampa Bay is a great matchup in week 16, and Carolina's doable. I mean, they, they're just so bad against the run, the teams don't throw on them. But yeah, it's not a super scary passing matchups. I think, I think, you know, like Ridley and even Zay Jones, you know, will definitely be in play in week 16. And I think, you know, Ridley, at least it will be usable week 17. The passing game injuries are also, I think, sneakily injurious to Travis Etienne's outlook. He's been a low efficiency touchdown dependent running back all season. So now the offense is going to be worse with Trevor Lawrence out and then less than 100% when he comes back. Travis Etienne is somebody that I don't comfortably start at this point, and I'm going to have to seriously weigh against people that he, I, I probably would not have been weighing him against before. The Jags are implied for 13.75 points this week. So, you know, it's tough to bank on a touchdown from Travis Etienne. Again, I do think the volume should be there because of a, the backup quarterback because they're playing this you know run funnel Browns defense I mean how efficient he is that's definitely a question and again he's probably not a great touchdown but so I, I he he sits in RB2 range in our rankings this week ETN is not a must start there could be some fantasy teams out there that have two even three running backs that are better options but again I, I, I still think he's a he's a pretty good bet to you know, end up with 15 to 20 touches on Sunday I'm probably playing Jalen Warren over him in Thursday night game against New England in my own lineup I mean, we'll, we'll see about Najee Harris. That's, that's tough to weigh at this point. I think we'll get even with Najee Harris in the lineup. I'm playing Jalen Warren. I think Okay. on the other side of that Jacksonville Cleveland matchup, we've got Elijah Moore, Jared, after last week, are you trusting Elijah Moore as a fantasy starter in week 14? Yeah, I'm trusting him as a wide receiver three, at least with, I think up upside beyond that, that's assuming Amari Cooper sits with his concussion, which, you know, we we know is likely about 80% of players this season have missed at least one game with concussion. So, you know, we're expecting Cooper to be out last week with Joe Flacco, which I do think matters because they, they, they spent time together with the Jets and Moore actually had some nice games with Joe Flacco with the Jets season high, 12 targets for Elijah Moore last week, a 27% target share. I think what's most interesting, 20.3 yard average depth of target for Moore last week. Now I think that has more to do with Cooper's injury than Joe Flacco. I think once Cooper exited, they were like, you know, we, we need someone to stretch the field. Elijah Moore, Hey, he can, he can actually do it. You know, they haven't let him do that throughout the season, but he can do it. He showed he could do it. He made it at least one long catch downfield last week. So I think you're going to have more back in that type of role, assuming Cooper is out this week. And the Jags are 27th in adjusted points allowed to wide receivers. It's a, you know, kind of an opposite of the Browns, kind of a pass funnel defense. They're much tougher against the run than the pass. Moore should get enough volume to be you know someone that, that's usable, at least as a wide receiver three. Can he pay off as a wide receiver three? Yes. Do I trust him? Absolutely not. 12 targets last week, four catches. 
four for 83 yards, 44 pass attempts from Joe Flacco. He completed 52% of them. So it was completely volume. And even on all that volume and those deep targets that you mentioned, it was still flimsy production against the Rams who are okay, but certainly not a tough defense. So Elijah Morris sits wide receiver 29 in our PPR ranks right now. I don't think that's a terrible spot, but I wouldn't start him over these guys that are currently behind him in the rankings. Jaden Reed, Brandon Cooks, Gabe Davis. There's some other guys that I could go either way on, but I like those guys better in their recent production, in their current situation, and just the upside of their offenses. Yeah, I'm starting more over those guys. And I'd even have him a couple of spots higher in the rankings. Like I probably lean towards Elijah Moore over Tyler Lockett. I might even start him over Cooper Cup, who you know was about to bust again last week before scoring a late touchdown and they're playing the Ravens. So more isn't someone I'd force in my lineup, but um I, I do think in that wide receiver three range, I I feel pretty good about him. I don't know. He spent all of last year irrelevant with the Jets. He spent almost all of this year irrelevant with the Browns. It's just at some point you got to stop believing that he's a good player. I think. I think he's good still. Um, and I, I, I mean, the Cooper injury is huge, right? I mean, it, t- it takes away the, the lead target in the passing game. Another do we trust player coming off an injury this time, Dallas Goddard. He was a full practice participant Wednesday coming off of the arm fracture that he suffered last time they played Dallas. They've got a rematch with Dallas this week. Jared, are you trusting Dallas Goddard in your lineup for week 14, assuming that he's ready to go and there's no big questions yeah. heading into Sunday? Yeah, and it was a broken forearm. So like, you know, he's been able to stay in shape and I, I expect him to play his usual role, especially in this massive game for the Eagles. I mean, they've been targeting this game to bring him back. I definitely think Goddard's usable. I don't think he's a, a mu- like a must-start top five tight end option just because that's not what he he was even before the injury this season. Through week nine, before he you know went down in week 10, Goddard was tight end 11 in PPR points per game. He was only tight end 15 and expected PPR points per game. He had two top five finishes in those eight games when he was outside the top 12 tight ends in the other six. It's just, you know, we had A.J. Brown dominating targets even when Goddard was healthy. And, you know, you had Devonta, we have Devonta Smith in there too. So it's just, you know, Goddard wasn't getting the type of volume he had been in previous seasons. So again, for that reason, I don't think he's a must start, but um, I, I still think, you know, against this Cowboys defense, they're 24th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight end. So it's a pretty good matchup. I definitely think Goddard's usable. He's certainly not a lock in any given week because they do have those potentially dominant wide receivers. He is, has been 13th among tight ends in target share, which is decent, not amazing. From week two on, he had that goofily quiet week one at New England, one target, no catches. But from week two on, he's been averaging 4.8 receptions, 51.3 yards per game. Only five tight ends sit ahead of those numbers in each category, 74.5% catch rate. So he's been efficient on what he has gotten. The Eagles are three and a half point road dogs here in the game with the week's highest over-under. So plenty of shootout potential here, plenty of potential for volume upside in passing. So, you know, like you said, Dallas Goddard's not a, a lock for numbers this week. It's unlikely, I think, that you have two good tight end options that you're choosing between. So I think in all likelihood, most folks that have Goddard as an option, he will make sense for you this week. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can look at our tight end rankings to see where he sits. But, like, you know, I think it's possible someone has Dalton Kincaid and and Dallas Goddard. I would still start Kincaid even with Dawson Knox likely back this week. Um, I would start Jake Ferguson over Dallas Goddard this week in that same game. And then you get to guys like Taysom Hill, we got to see about. He has a couple injuries and did not practice on Wednesday. So we'll see about him. And then like David Njoku, I think is the line for me with Dallas Goddard, where those guys are super close to me. I think Goddard, you know, easily wins on upside just because of the offense he's in and, you know, the talent he is. But, you know, I think Njoku is probably a bit, 
safer target bet at this point. It might have the higher floor. I agree with both of those. So it's going to be a coin flip if you do have that decision to make. If you have a decision on defense, either this week or beyond this week, um, we've got some help for you there. We're going to talk about weeks 15 through 17 here. You can check the waiver wire article from earlier this week for week 14 options, maybe some defenses that can help you beyond week 14. And of course, you can always check your free agent finder to rank by the current matchups, rank by next week's matchup. Look at our rankings for this week. And our rest of way rankings, they have a lot more of an eye toward those upcoming matchups for defenses than they do at the other positions because that matters a lot. You know, you're going to play a defense that's going against the Jets or the Giants, even if it's not a good defense for the season. So Jared, four weeks, 15 through 17, playoff weeks in nearly all leagues. What do you like? What what maybe non-obvious defense could be out there that might be helpful over that span? Well, I would start by just checking if the Chiefs get dropped in your league with this matchup against Buffalo this week. I think there's a chance they're going to get dropped in some leagues, especially with the shallow benches. I, I would grab the Chiefs. I would try not to use them this week, but stash them as a second defense because their next three games after Buffalo are New England, Las Vegas, and Cincinnati. I would imagine the Chiefs will be you know, a top 10 defense in our rankings for all three of those, maybe even a top five defense for all three of those matchups. The other much less obvious team you could consider grabbing right now, the Rams have pretty easily the best defense schedule by our adjusted points allowed from weeks 15 through 17. They get Washington, New Orleans, and then the Giants. Um, now it's not not a great defense, but those are three great matchups. So I would I would guess you know you're going to find the Rams somewhere between like eight and fourteen in our defense rankings, week fifteen and seventeen. You can probably do better by just you know picking defenses by week in leagues where you know these defenses aren't all stashed. Um, but if you're in a deeper league where it's tough on the waiver wire, I do think the Rams are going to be okay for you for those three playoff weeks. A couple more stashes that I like. And starting for week 14, we've got the Packers. I love their rest of way schedule for the team defense. They're at the Giants this week against the Bucks in week 15, which I don't like as much. But then at the Panthers, at the Vikings, plenty of upside in both of those. So maybe you pair the Packers with a better option for week 15. And Houston could be one of those pairing options. Houston is at the Jets this week, then at the Titans against the Browns and home for the Titans. I think Houston's probably going to be inside our top 12 for all four of those matchups. Not a good defense overall, but they do have some solid pass rushing upside and they have been intercepting a lot more passes since Derek Stingley came back from IR. So that's definitely a weekly upside defense against four straight teams with turnover upside. Yep, I like that call. And again, just at this point of the season, like be willing to roster two defenses because there's no need to stash wide receivers you're hoping to break out. You still want to be stashing the handcuff running backs, but um, you know, outside of those types, it's uh, it makes a lot more sense to be stashing these defenses than other positions. And it's also the time of year where you can dump a defense that's been scoring for you all season. Cleveland yeah. is one that I would have been ready to dump this week for this Jacksonville matchup. I think that changes because of Trevor Lawrence being out. Now it's a positive matchup with CJ Beathard in there. But, you know, even the week 15 matchup with the Bears is one that could go either way. That can be a tough one. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't be scared to play somebody over Cleveland in that one. And then after that, they're at the Texans week 17 against the Jets. So, you know, weigh that. And maybe even instead of dropping the Browns, you find another one, one of the defenses we already mentioned to pair with them on your team. Dallas, who I believe leads 
defenses in fantasy scoring in, in most scoring systems. <laughs> there are next four games, Philly this week, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit. I had a member email me earlier this week and I, I told him to drop Dallas for like two of these crappier defenses that just have good matchups. I don't think Dallas is a good start on paper, at least in any of these next four games. They could still do it, right? It's it's defense and Jerron Bland is probably going to get another pick six at some point here, but like on paper three. or three, yeah. I mean, on paper, there's not a good place. I'd be fine dropping Dallas for, you know, something like, you know, the Rams plus the Texans or, you know, some combo like that where you're just getting better matchups the rest of the way. Yeah, that's where you want to treat defense different than other positions. doesn't matter what it's done for you all season. It's not Patrick Mahomes. The Cowboys defense is not Patrick Mahomes. The, that matchup <laughs> matters. So check our waiver wire pickups article from week 14. We've got more on defense options for you for week 14, as well as beyond. Check the free agent finder. You can sort either by week 14 or by rest of season rankings. You can sort by specific matchups for the next two weeks and check the strength of schedule pages. We've got defenses in there. We've got the other positions in there. If you want to look for a platoon option to see maybe who you could pair with Patrick Mahomes, if you're nervous about the way he's been producing lately, we've got you covered. Of course, all of it is available because we want to help you win your season. 